everyone. I'm Bailey. I'm Drew. And I'm Lacey. And, and we're, we're sarcastic, sarcastic, so let's get sinister. start with some uh true crime updates do you guys have anything no do you i do oh okay did you guys hear about um they they found a guy that's been missing for eight years yeah i know i'll link to that no tell me okay so rudy farius for ferrarius i don't know how to say his last name but supposedly he went missing while walking his two dogs on march 6 2015 okay when he was 17 years old um he was found last week i believe what week is this yeah i think it was last week not when people listen to us the last mm, he was found in july beginning of july where are we what day is (laughs) yeah beginning of july it's the ninth right now the beginning of july on an early thursday morning and was immediately released into the care of his mother so not taken to the hospital just sent home Um, but when things started, this is when things started getting weird because neighbors were like, he hasn't been missing. What? They were like, yeah, the neighbors have been like, he's been at his mom's house. He's been hanging out with us. We text him. He's, we didn't know he was supposedly quote unquote missing because he hasn't been missing. So, um, like several neighbors came forward and they were like we call him rudy like we call him dolph like he's got nicknames around town dolph yeah his first name is rudolph oh um i feel like he's somebody who wanted to be like you know what i'm going off the grid but i'm not going anywhere just pretend that i'm not isn't he young well he he was was eight years ago he was 17 so right now he's 25 Mm. so then his mother started sharing photos of him in the hospital because I guess she took him to the hospital afterwards. And she was like, look at all the bruises. Look at all the cuts. He has blood in his hair. And she's insisting that he had been kidnapped and beaten and had been missing for those eight years. That's and she bizarre. hadn't seen him. So then, according to... This was in Houston, by the way. Okay. According to the police, it, back in 2018, a family member had called and said that Rudy was living behind his mother's house or behind a relative's home. And police were like, oh, let's go see if we can find him because he's reported missing. Mm -hmm. They didn't find him there. They don't... That was the end of that. So then five days after they found Rudy... Okay, so he was found on Thursday. They spoke to him the following Wednesday. So they waited a whole week to go talk to him. Okay. Which seemed weird to me. Um, And they wouldn't, like, say why they weren't urgently looking to talk to him. They just were just like, that's when it's going to happen. So then, a week after they found him, the police, a police lieutenant came out and said that in 2015, Rudy, who was was 17 at the time, returned home the following day after vanishing while walking his dogs. So... He didn't come home on, I don't know, let's just, or, well, March 6th, but he came home on March 7th. The lieutenant said that the mom knew that he was home, but insisted that he had been kidnapped. So I don't know what's going on. They're, they're 
looking. I, I think they're going to look into it, or maybe not. We're I don't remember. But yeah, maybe by the time you guys hear it, there will be updates. Yeah, maybe. Well, I feel like they have to look into it because you filed yeah, a but police it also report. Seems like wrong. they're just like I feel like they're not. Oh, I remembered. I recently saw an update. I forgot to write it down. They're not going to be pursuing any Criminal. charges against mom for the false report. So it seems like they, like the way I see it, or the way I'm interpreting it, is that the police were like, oh, well, we barely put any effort into finding him. So you're fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's cool he wasn't missing because we didn't actually look for him. Yeah. And that's like I mean, that this sense of cool. urgency back when he was quote unquote missing is, I'm just. I feel is probably the same sense of urgency they had when they found him. Yeah. And like they I waited think, a week to come. You know, a 17 year old goes missing. A lot of times they're going to say it's a runaway. Rob. Yeah. And also. I don't have a follow to that. Just <laughs> end also. Um, well, some personal true crime uh, updates from me. Um, I got bit on the face this week. That's not a true crime unless it was by I, a human. I felt attacked. No. So, and I was attacked. <laughs> I feel like it was from a dog. It was a dog. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry so, that that happened to you. You look okay. okay. Uh yeah, it's uh my nose is healing, but I have like a scar here and then she got me here. No, oh, did you bite her back? No. Well, you've lost your chance for revenge. I, I had chose. You, had you I, bitten the dog back immediately, it would have been self defense. But now, I, if you wait, it's premeditated yeah. it's assault. You're looking you know, at it. If you didn't I wait chose... till the next dog brought in, you're kind of an asshole. <sighs> I chose the high road in that situation. Am I the asshole <laughs> for, for biting, biting a dog, dog <laughs> a week after a bit me? <laughs> yes. Alrighty. Well, Lacey, I think, has a two parter oh, for us this week. Sure do. Um, and my Sims game has loaded. So I'm ready. So to, you're ready to I'm ready. Out. I'm, I'm, I'm starting my puzzle and I'm ready to go. All right. We've all got our distractions. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. So we're ready for Lacey to. Lacey, Lacey, do you have anything do. that distracts you when we talk or do you just actually Every time like, I listen? I find something I get yelled at because it makes noise. So. <laughs> Find something that doesn't make noise. I feel like you, wanna... you said the problem, and and it's not just like it's not that we find it annoying. It's that they're gonna hear it. They don't even know. They haven't had a chance to be annoyed. I can't. If I did like Sims or something, I would be fully engrossed in my stupid Sims family and would miss out on stuff. I need to be able to. I don't know. I need to find a good hey, balance. So. Yeah. Um. I just want to say that. When I, because I'm the one who edits, so I have to listen to the episode again. So I allow myself to like tune out, and then when I'm listening, I'm like, when I'm editing, I listen back and I'm like, oh, that's then interesting. You're been... <laughs> <laughs> oh, fun. So when I go quiet for a while, it's because I've tuned out, and then I'll listen back and be like, I haven't talked in like ten minutes. Anyway, who are you telling us about today? I'm going to tell you guys about a name that has been in the news the last little bit. I believe um, I keep seeing TikToks about yes. it, and I just skim by because I'm like, Lacey will tell me about yes, it. I've also been skipping the TikToks. Um, Lori Vallow Daybell. I'm going to tell you guys about the Doomsday I, I want to start by telling you guys why I, I even chose her. Because I know that she's been in, like we just said, we've been seeing the TikTok. She's been on the news because her trial just ended. Oh, is um, that why? Yeah. Okay. And I I know that a lot of people are going to be talking about her, which is, that's what we do. But 
when I chose this case to tell you guys about, her trial hadn't started yet, and I didn't realize it was about to. Oh, wow. So I just want to put out there, I was really excited to tell you guys about this, and now I feel like everybody is all already kind of listening and watching the videos and getting the information. I, but it's okay. It's still very interesting. I thought that I had been seeing TikToks about it because mm-hmm. the we're, simulation we're is funny. Yeah. Well, um, back in January or February, one of my kids, my kids did their novel project, my students. Yes. And one of them did this book, Doomsday Mother. Um, and I was like, that seems like a good one for a case. So I read the book and I talked, texted you guys. I was like, I'm going to do this one. And then I said, I'm going to need this to be a two-parter because there's a lot of information. And the book ends in 2019. That might be wrong. Whenever part two ends, we'll find out. The book ends before the trial starts. It's No, it's like 2020 because COVID has hit. And it's like, you know, kind of waiting for trial. So when I stopped reading the book, I Googled the trial and it was going to start like three days later. So I've been excited to tell you guys about this for a while. Yes, Drew. One of your students was reading a book about this? Yeah. For it- her, they had to, they have to do... They have to do a couple books for me throughout the year. One has to be a classic novel and one has to be nonfiction. And this was her nonfiction choice. She chose a murder? Okay. Yeah, I was going to say. I've gotten a bunch of them doing true crime stuff. But nonfiction is hard. Yeah, that's why. Cause, no, like, it's not. You automatically think of like, you know, autobiographies you, or whatever. And they yeah. don't want to read that. I'm going to. That's what I was going to say. I'm, it's like. Yeah. The history. True crime is interesting. Yeah. Oh my God, Mom. Turn your thing on silent. <sighs> She's not making noise. She's him? asking if I can pick her from the airport tomorrow, like next week. Oh, look at our mom going on a trip. Oh, where's your mom going? She's going to San Francisco to see the last. Um, this is the last time that the Grateful Dead are ever performing. Oh wow! And, oh, and she gets to go. Yeah, you know how she's That's a cool deadhead mom. I bet she's pumped. But by the time this episode comes out, she'll, she'll have, have she'll be back. She'll already have had the best experience yeah. in her life. And she'll be listening to this and reliving mm. that moment. You're welcome, Jan. <laughs> anyway. Yourself, Jan. Okay. You guys ready? Yes. Yes. No. Uh, Lori. Lorraine. That's Lor- not right. What? I edit that out. That's not I her name. I thought you said Lori. Yep. I heard Lorene. Oh. I said Lorene. I heard Lorene the second time. Look up a stupid. I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to leave it all so, in. Lori was born Lori Noreen Cox, 1973, in Rialto, California. Uh, she was born to Barry and Janice. She was one of six kids. Hey, Janice. Oh, that's my mom's name. It is. I like your mom better than this Janice without ever having met this one. Um, she was one of six kids. She was the second youngest. So first there was Stacy, then Alex, Adam, Laura, who passed away at six weeks old, Lori, and then Summer. So We have a brother it. named Adam. You do. There's so many similarities here. Yeah. Is this the last one? I really hope not. (laughs) Um, They were members of the Church of Latter-day Saints, which is, means they were Mormon. Um, As a side note, I'm going to have a lot of side notes thrown in because it was a whole book and there's just some fun information in there. So Barry Cox was a successful life insurance underwriter. He was well known in his community. He lost, he ran for city council in 1974 and lost, but was still well known and well respected in the community. He refused to pay his taxes. Because he claimed the IRS was an illegal organization. He wrote a whole book about it. You can read it. I mean, no. Okay, it's out there. Uh, When Lori was little, when she started school, she was a little bit tubby. You know. You say tubby or or chubby? Chubby. Oh, okay. Little chubby Nori. She had a friend who they named Rose in the book. Rose is not her real name. 
Um, Rose spent a lot of time with Lori because they were besties in elementary school. Rose said that the kids in Lori's family were very spoiled. Their parents were well off. Um, the family, while they were Mormon, while they did attend services every week, they weren't very devout. Uh, the parents would leave the kids and go to Hawaii for weeks at a time. They would give Alex blank checks to get food and stuff. He would spend this the money on pizza and parties. Nice. Lori was left to take care of Summer, her the youngest. Um, Lori spent as much time as possible at Rose's house, and Rose believes it's because Lori craved the stability that she had at her home. She said that Janice, her mom, was very flashy, was very focused on appearances, which... You know, flashy can be kind of interpreted different ways, but it seems as if Janice was very, very focused on, um, oh, I totally lost my I'm not being here. a mother and f- doing what she yeah, wants. Less about raising her kids to be happy, healthy people, and more about raising her kids to be attractive people. Oh. And we'll see how that, you know, that's we'll see a, that That's a different... Yes, she was really objective. focused on Lori's weight and Lori's appearance and stuff like that. Rose was uncomfortable around Lori's brother, Alex. Um, She said she didn't really have a reason why he had never done anything to her, but he made her feel very uncomfortable. When Lori and Rose were in seventh grade, they were having a sleepover at Rose's house, Lori broke down and said that Alex was pressuring her to have sex with him. Her brother, Alex, was pressuring her to have sex with him. Rose, as a seventh grader, had no idea what to do. Mm -hmm. And after this night, they never talked about it again. That uh, sounds by, good. Yeah, by high school, Lori's mom had put her on a diet because she didn't want a little chubby girl. Who mm. does? Mm. Put her on a diet, so she had slimmed down. She was very friendly, very outgoing, made friends easily. She started cheering, made friends that way. She started dating a boy named Nelson Yates, who Rose didn't like. He didn't have a great reputation. Nelson? And she, Lori became very focused on appearances and money. At this point, she and Rose stopped hanging out because Rose said she wasn't like the Lori that she had grown up with. Mm-hmm. She's turning into her mother. Yes. She said she was like a little mini Janice. Ew. Yes. Uh, side note, that will be important later. In 1989, when Lori was almost 16, her older sister Stacy had a baby girl named Melanie. Oh. Yeah, Melanie's going to show up at later when Melanie is an adult. Um, in 95, <clears throat> excuse me, Stacy's husband, Steve, filed for custody of Melanie. Now, Stacy had type 1 diabetes that she was refusing to treat. She had also developed OCD behavior, severe OCD behavior, and had very disordered eating, which Steve said in his petition or his motion that all stemmed from growing up in the Cox household. He said it was very unhealthy the way their mother viewed food and the way that she treated her daughters and their eating. Um... Steve gained custody of Melanie. Eventually, he remarried, and Stacy actually passed away in 1998 due to her untreated type 1 diabetes. Back to Lori. 1991, a good year. Lori graduates and moves in with Nelson, the boy she was dating in high school. They wanted to get married, but her parents said, no, you should wait. So they eloped next year. Mm. 1992. They did wait. They did wait. She and Nelson eloped. A year after that, she ran into Rose in the supermarket and told Rose that Nelson was abusive and that they were now in the process of divorce. After the divorce, she moved from California down to Austin, Texas, where her brother Adam had since moved and was working as a hairstylist. Adam was? No, no, she started doing oh. Adam's a DJ. 
Yeah. That's awesome. She started dating a guy named William Lagiola. Not sure if I'm saying that right. He's in here very mm-hmm. briefly. They had a very tempestuous relationship. She wanted him to convert to Mormonism. Um, was... Side note. Yes. I'm not an English teacher. What's tempestuous mean? Tempestuous? Yeah. They were fighting. It was very rocky. Tumultuous. Tumultuous? Yeah. Is that the word that you just said? No, but they're both good. (laughs) They are synonyms. It was rocky times. Great. There we go. Yeah. So I can't say either. (laughs) She wanted him to convert to Mormonism. He didn't. Wasn't interested. Um, She did call the police once, and he was charged with assault. But those charges were dropped because Lori did not show up at court. Mm. In 1995. At 22 years old, Lori married William. So she's already done with her first marriage. Married William. Um, She was pregnant at the time. No family attended the wedding. So this is her second wedding. No family has attended either. And this all gets a little bit confusing. In an affidavit, February 1996, she accused him of physical and mental abuse. This was also dismissed like the assault charges were before. In April 96, she gave birth to her first baby, a baby boy named Colby. At this time, the couple had separated. However, once Colby is born, um, William agrees to convert to Mormonism, seems to want to try again. But Lori discovers that while they were separated, he started living with another woman. She was not happy. I don't think any of us would be. Um, He said, though, that he wanted to try again and asked her to move into his parents' house with him. And they would start over there. So... She agreed to move into his parents' house and then claimed that they held her there against her will for months. That was can all very a, confusing. I'm not even throwing into any more details about that because I don't understand it. Bailey? A question. Um, you said that her family weren't, like, devout Mormons. They, like, barely went to church or something. Mm-hmm. Why is she so, like, hung up on her husband converting? I don't know. Okay. And that's a good, as she gets deeper and deeper in, that's like one of my questions is why did she end up so fanatical about it? But yeah, we don't know. Um, so in February 1998, she and William divorced after she supposedly was held in his parents' house for months. Divorced, moved on. Right? How old is she at this point? Um, 25. Oh, so... Two divorces down at 25. Yes. Some say that we're behind, guys. Who's saying that? <laughs> I don't know. Some. Lori Bella. She's like, you guys need to, like, step up your game. I did so much by the time I was your age. Yeah. Um, side note, 1999, her dad, Barry Cox, spent a year in prison and owed $250,000 to the IRS for failing to pay taxes. When he was released after this year, he sued the United States, the IRS, the Department of Justice, and the Probation Service. Um, This lawsuit kept being dismissed and appealed, and they were just tied up in years of litigation. And it really, you can go down a rabbit hole there. It's a lot of fun. We're not going to. I just want you to know that he had his own goofy stuff going on with the IRS in the background. 2001, Lori begins dating a man named Joe Ryan. She's still in Texas. She is 28 at this time. This is... Not, you know, so three years after she divorced her last husband. She's 28. He is 43. He had grown up in foster family, and he desperately wanted a family of his own. 
in 2002, he proposed. Mm -hmm. Colby was not happy about this. He said that Ryan was abusive. Colby today maintains that Joe Ryan was abusive to him. And he said that he was afraid of him. However, mm -hmm. when they got married, um, Lori did change Colby's last name to Ryan so that they were all the Ryan family. Again, no family at Lori's third wedding. After they got married. I mean, after the second one, I could understand. They're like, this, nothing seems to be sticking. Waiting for so. them to stick and then say, we'll come celebrate an anniversary. Yeah. yeah. When you renew your vows after five years, mm -hmm. we'll come. Um, Ryan's sister, Annie, came to visit after they got married and said that they were perfect together. They were really awesome. In mm. September 2002, she gave birth to her daughter, Tylee. I like that name. Do you? I do. How do you spell it? T-Y-L-E-E. -E. T-Y-L-E-E. -E. Picture Tyler, but change the last R to an E. No. Okay. Well, don't then. I'll like it. Uh, <laughs> great. Hmm? I said great. You can have oh. it. Yeah, you <laughs> can name your kid that. Oh, I meant to say, too, I didn't put a slideshow together with pictures because I was just going to pass the book around to you guys because it has a ton of pictures in it. I, I lost the book. And also um, we're separated, so yeah. And you I, guys I'm not there. Google. This is a really recent one, so you can Google whatever pictures you want to Google. Okay. Do your own work. Thank you for giving us the permission. <laughs> Who has to your own work? Summer 2003, so a year after Kylie was born, Annie, Joe's sister, came to visit again, and was absolutely shocked when she was visiting, and Lori dyed Kylie's hair blonde. Kylie was one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like I don't. I don't, I don't see a red flag. Sure. Okay. Um, Annie also reports that she saw a lot of rage in Joe during this visit. He yelled at her daughter. He beat Colby, um, Lori's son Colby, with a belt. And one time when she was there and the ceiling leaked, he punched the walls. She said that she spoke to Lori and was like, hey, this isn't good. He has a lot of anger. This isn't good. <laughs> the ceiling leaked, so his solution was to make more holes. Yeah. Um, but after witnessing that rage from him, um, she took her daughter and went back home and never came back down to visit again. As Lori's marriage started to fail, Lori started focusing even more on church. At this point, she starts leaving mainstream Mormonism. Not a crazy amount, but just deviating a little bit. <clears throat> they had an empty room in their home that was lined with mirrors. Picture like a dance studio mm -hmm. she would dance in the room at night to religious music she would dance at night in this empty room in front of the mirrors to religious music she also believed her daughter kylie was the reincarnation of her dead sister stacy oh. and she felt that spirits beyond the veil were instructing her on her life mm. so just Can to I... clarify the veil separates our world and the afterlife right so spirits from the afterlife were instructing her can uh, I make a side went on note? Wheel of Fortune, and you can find a video on YouTube of her on Wheel of Fortune. Fine. She went on because God had told her she would win, and she won seventeen thousand five hundred dollars, oh. which is you know pretty cool yeah. by any standards. Bailey has something cool. to interject. Yes, Bailey. Um, I didn't know that there was a mainstream Mormonism, and that yeah. you could go off it. I didn't know oh, that. Yeah, I was also surprised by that statement. <laughs> well, I think to be fair, I think any religion and any branch of any religion has like its mainstream. Here, here's mm. the general idea, and then here's all the crazy offshoots. Gotcha. Um, and she's gonna go down the crazy road. Yeah. She she gets on the SS crazy train. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, also in 2003. SS is for boat. I don't know what's going on. I don't. I didn't know what you were doing with that. I was just agreeing with you. <laughs> Thanks, friend. So after she was on Wheel of Fortune, uh, she entered the Mrs. Hayes County beauty pageant. Oh God. Um, she. I, I said she entered. She won the pageant, mm-hmm. which qualified her for Mrs. Texas. This is also mm-hmm. when I learned that there's like a Miss beauty pageant and a Mrs. for married women. They're oh, two separate. Good. Ones. That's yeah. fair. So she qualified for Mrs. Cactus. She got implants at this time. It's not really important. What kind of implants? And now you know. Probably breast. Yeah, she got the boobs. Okay. I mean, you can get a butt implant. You can get all kinds of implants. I don't think that was as common back then. Yeah. Uh, June 2004, she made it to the top 15 semifinalists in the Mrs. Texas pageant. She did not make it to the top five. But still pretty good. She seems like... At this time, I feel like, aside from her dis- disaster of a personal life, it seems like she's winning in life. Yeah, and she she's still, people are still saying extremely charismatic, very friendly, made friends everywhere. She was, she's, I said was, she still is very pretty. Um, so she, you know, <laughs> aside from her disaster of a personal life. Well, she probably maintains her beauty because of what her mother instilled in her yes i would say that mom influenced the way that she so and I mean, that you know that and then she's mother. continuing that on dyeing her one-year-old daughter's hair well she's got to be the prettiest girl in preschool of course <laughs> uh shortly after mrs texas she began divorce proceedings against joe ryan what? she no. i know you're shocked um she flew melanie her sister summer's little girl melanie or no no i, I just mixed people up there's mm-hmm. a lot of people. Stacy's mm-hmm. the one who passed. Melanie was her daughter. Um, she flew her to Texas to help take care of her kids. Kind of lived with them for a while. Kind of a nanny. Um, Melanie viewed Lori, especially after this, as kind of a mother figure. When Stacy died, Lori was the one to call and tell Melanie. Um, they were very close. And after this, she was living with her for a while, taking care of her kids. They got even closer. In August 2004, Lori moved the kids into her parents' home. Her parents had moved to San Antonio in the meantime. So, kind of, mostly everybody's in Texas. Uh, side note, April 2005, IRS put a tax lien on Barry and Janice's house in San Antonio. The IRS probably didn't like the way he was talking about them. Yeah, also that he wasn't paying his taxes. That was a problem. Because at this point, he owed $355,518 in unpaid taxes. I mean, at that point, what's the point? Yeah. You're never going to pay that back. Right. So it's like when we watch um, Bar Rescue and stuff, and yeah. they're like, and now he's $2 million in debt. You're not paying that money back. You're you're always in debt now. Okay. May 2005, <laughs> their divorce was finalized. It was a, considered a no fault divorce. They had shared custody of Tylee with a very detailed schedule for vacations and holidays. Colby, they didn't share custody of. He was Lori's coming into the marriage, and Joe Ryan wasn't really interested in maintaining a relationship with him after. Joe I mean, paid he only beat him, so... Support. He provided medical care for Tylee. He also took out a $350,000 life insurance policy to take care of Tylee if something happened to him. Lori was the beneficiary as Tylee's trustee because Tylee wasn't 18 yet. In August 2005, Lori filed for bankruptcy. At this point, she owes approximately $700,000 in various debt. Um, she and Joe Ryan owed almost $100,000 in taxes. Late 2005, so in May, her divorce is final. Late 2005, she is working as a hairstylist and meets Charles Vallow. 
Oh, you recognize that name? Yeah, the last name sounds <laughs> yeah. very familiar. He was 49 at this time, and she was 32. He knows with each marriage, the gap gets a little bit bigger. He was also recently divorced with two kids. He had two sons, ages 11 and 8. Um, and by all accounts, was infatuated with Lori. They had a very quick romance and got married in February of 2006 in Vegas. No family came to Lori's fourth <gasps> wedding. That's shocking. <laughs> But when they met Charles, they liked him the best of all of her well, husbands. Her good. family liked Charles a lot. Even his ex-wife, Cheryl, liked Lori. She liked that Lori also had two kids, and she had two kids that were going to be around her. She liked that Lori was religious. Um, this was at the beginning of Lori and Charles' relationship. Cheryl was happy to have Lori as a stepmom to her kids. Well, that's good. Yeah. Charles grew up Catholic, but was happy to convert to Mormonism because it was a, you know, he seemed to be very much a I want to make Lori happy kind of husband. Mm. So he was happy to convert. Not a big deal. They got a house near Austin. Colby's in fifth grade at this point. Kylie's in daycare. And Charles is able to provide Lori with the lifestyle that she'd grown up with. Well, that's good. Yes. Definitely for her. And he made sure in their house in Austin that she had her dancing room because she still liked to do her night dancing in front of mirrors for religious music. Night dancing. Her dancing room. Side notes. Did you guys hear about this is unrelated to this case in 2007 there was this um radio contest called we for a we um, no oh i heard about this before i read this so i thought it was just a funny crossover so um this... i'm i'm worried that it's like we for like a, the game console we but like we, we as for in a we peeing yes so oh, what you did was you would it was called Hold Your Wee for a Wee. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they had a couple contestants on the show, and they had to drink water. But it was like a certain amount every half hour or something. Yeah. And the last person to pee Not wins break the Wii. Yes. Okay. So this radio station, when they advertised this, they got phone calls from people who were like, this is not safe for people to drink this much water this quickly. Somebody's going to get hurt. And they said, it'll be fine. Yeah. Um. And this woman, Jennifer Strange, came in second and died a few hours later of acute water intoxication. I'm mentioning this crazy case because the DJ in charge of this was her brother, Adam. Hey. Yeah. And I just thought it was crazy when I read this because I had already heard about that and thought that was wild. And then when it popped up in the book, I was like, oh, that's fun. And I thought for sure you guys would have heard about it. No. Mm -hmm. Um, He was fired from his job after this and was blacklisted from DJing. That's a shame. So, you know, bummer for him. August 2006. Bummer for him. Lori reported to the police that Joe Ryan had sexually abused Colby and Kylie during their marriage. Now, Kylie is three years old at this time. During her interview, because this obviously begins an investigation, during her interview, she claimed he never looked at her or touched her inappropriately. However, a three-year-old would claim that. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, they asked her if she was afraid of him, and he said yes. She said yes, but she didn't know why. Later, she said she wasn't afraid of him. Colby described in detail what he said had happened to him. Um, and they asked, you know, why hadn't Lori come forward sooner? And he said he had only told her a couple days before that this had happened. Now, Colby maintains to today that Joe Ryan sexually abused him. He still stands by this. I'm not saying that in a I don't believe him kind of way. I'm just saying... Colby's still out there. Colby says that this happened. Um, so, 
an investigation get started. Mattress sheets, clothes were taken and examined for DNA. I don't exactly know why, because this was like over After. a year later. Yeah. Um, but it said they took all kinds of stuff and examined for DNA, and it said no DNA found. I don't know what that means. But somebody washed the sheets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was so long after. But anyway, um, Joe Ryan filed a motion in the meantime against Lori for denying him access to Kylie. And also said that she's supposed to live within 100 miles of him per their custody agreement, but she had moved more than 100 miles away to good Austin. Joe was ordered to undergo a polygraph and a sexual offender assessment test, and both came back negative. In March 2007, so almost a year later, Kylie was interviewed again. They asked her, who's Joe? And she said, he's my old daddy. Charles is my new daddy. They asked her in this interview if anybody had told her to say that Joe had done this stuff to her. And she said, Colby and Charles did. And the person interviewing her reported that Lori looked shocked when she said this. But then they, they had to stop the interview because of that. Yeah. Um, Vivian Lewis is a psychologist who was involved. She was very critical of Lori. Of Lori as a mother. She said Lori told her that Lori had been speaking with Stacy, her dead sister, and also with a dead lawyer who visited her at nighttime. Hmm. During her dancing? Maybe. Uh, the psychologist wasn't a fan of this happening. What? Uh, what? <laughs> um, Susan Shinsky was a therapist who started seeing Kylie after the allegations were made. Um, and she more than once caught Lori encouraging Kylie to make accusations during their sessions. Um, she reported that Lori's anxiousness was also affecting Kylie and Kylie's behavior. And said that regardless of whether this happened or not, she believed that Lori believed Kylie was in danger from Joe Ryan. And her report mentioned some fanatical religious beliefs from Lori. Yes. Um, just a heads up. I need to start getting ready for work at 2. Okay. So yeah, we'll have to, later. yeah. Okay. My thought was that we have three hours from one to two, the next three days, we can get them done. We, we'll get it done, yeah. Yeah. But if we do, like... I'll just mark it here where I leave off. Yeah. We do, like, 75% today, 75% tomorrow. We'll get it done. Yeah. Um. So May of 2007, they have a custody hearing. Um. In the cafeteria, Lori and her attorney and Charles, Lori and her people are eating. Joe and his people are eating. At one point, they walk past each other, and all of a sudden, Lori started screaming that Joe hit her. Oh, my God. Um, Joe's attorney said that he saw the whole thing and nothing happened. Lori was just doing this because she liked the attention. For the trauma. Um, yes. Uh, in the meantime, Charles is now battling for custody with his ex-wife, Cheryl. So they were actually overlapping in court a lot. And Cheryl said that Lori loved the drama. She loved being in center of attention. Um, she was just kind of thriving on the whole thing. In July of 2007, Vivian Lewis, a psychologist, prepared this sexual offender assessment, said that um, Joe Ryan posed no danger to Tylee and should be allowed back in her life. And she was concerned about how Lori would react to this news. Also, the grand jury did not indict him. So, you know, everything was kind of... Her whole, it wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't found guilty of anything. And well, I'm just gonna keep on going. Yeah. Um, side note: her brother Alex, the one that she told Rose wanted to have sex with her. Alex was a comedian in Phoenix, Arizona. Not professionally, he just did stand up, kind of like a, almost like a hobby. It was a fun thing he liked to do, and he made friends that way. 
Lori and Alex, as adults, were pretty close. Lori had been telling him stories about Joe Ryan molesting her kids, and he believed her. Because why wouldn't he? Yeah. You know? Um, And he asked a friend, Mary Tracy, a fellow comedian, to report Joe for child porn. For possession of child porn. And she refused. Which is good. Probably a good choice on her part. Yeah. August. Did he have, like, any... Like... No. Okay. He was just like, I want you to call the police and tell them that you happen to know that Joe Ryan possesses child porn. And she was like, one, no, I don't want to. And two, there's no, like, I'll end up in trouble. Yeah, this. that's a good way to get yourself in trouble. Yeah. August 2007, Joe gets a, his first supervised visit with Kylie since the accusations were made. So there's going to be a two-hour supervised visit at a kids' exchange facility. Um the visit went well. When he left the building, Alex approached him and said that they needed to talk. And Joe said no. And there was a woman nearby. And Joe said something along the lines of, I want you to witness this or, or yeah. you know, record this, see what's happening. Alex again said they need to talk. Joe refused to. So Alex pulled out a taser and tased him twice. <laughs> that's that's a that's valid. Yeah. That's a good response to yeah. that. So he tased him and then Alex ran off to his Pontiac and drove away. With Lori and Ty Lee inside because they had been waiting for him in his Pontiac while he went over and tased Joe. Uh, Joe was treated at the scene by EMS and the next day was admitted to the ER with chest pain. And he suffered heart trouble for the rest of his life. He also began drinking shortly after this incident. Um, In March 2008, Alex pleaded guilty to this and was sentenced to 90 days in jail. Mm. Mary Tracy, that comedian friend, visited him. She was the only person to visit him. And said he thought of himself as a hero for this. I just want to, like, throw this in here. With what we know about the family and Lori, this all seems kind of ridiculous. But I think that a lot of people in, like, real life, if they thought somebody had, like, molested their niece, they also would want to, like, go fuck them up. They'd do worse. It It was, like, a weird response to hey we need to talk the whole thing is weird alex we need to talk yeah alex is weird and it gets weirder and i do think that Lori played a role in making up some allegations Mm -hmm. um but i don't think i have to like keep reminding myself that most people if they tase somebody who they thought molested their nieces and nephews would also feel like they did the right thing yeah um, so, uh, after so after Alex Cox Alex was released from jail, after this whole tasing incident, he actually used it in his stand-up and got some laughter from it. You know, I forgot uh, what he did you guys stand-up? do last year? I tased, tased guy the guy who molested my niece. That doesn't I thought funny. I was being heroic, but apparently I was committing a felony. We ha- we like dark humor, but that's... Mm, <laughs> he, I don't think that's funny. I think it became like part of his personality. You know how some people are like that? He's the taser well, guy. Well, he, he and Lori have such a weird relationship, and he's very protective over her, and that extends to her kids This now. is This is the brother that um, she supposedly said that he like was trying to sleep with her when she was a teenager? Yeah, this yeah. is that brother. Yeah. Okay. That, that, I mean, we, I mean we, we don't really know anything else. Um, right. You know how it's this, like Larry that's the That's not a good guy? thing to know. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's Larry the t- Cable Guy. It's mm-hmm. Alex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alex the Taser Guy. Oh, could have been his and, and possibly the incest guy. It's, that yeah. doesn't have a, a... That's not as ringy. Yeah. I think it's more going to be as... Well, you know what? Jokey about that. He could work with it. No. 
Chase is so funny. funny. Incest, not funny. Yeah. A couple months line. later, mm-hmm. Alex, Alex went on a trip. Now, he had been complaining to Mary that he has problems with girls. Mary and others said that he made women uncomfortable. And this is part of the reason why he had problems with girls. So he went on a Colombian romance tour. This is a sex trip. You go, and they're, they have a party every night. And you go in, and you can pick a lady of the night. This sounds um, like... Um... Something that's like related to like Taken, how like the girls had like no, yeah, yeah. Um, right <laughs> no choice because mm. he makes women uncomfortable, and these women I don't imagine had a whole lot of choice. Um, and so he could just go and, you know, he said he was with a different girl every night. He was partying every night. He got attached to this one girl named Maria. That's good. Yes, he told Maria. That he was raised Mormon, but was excommunicated because he liked sex too much. And was just like, I I was going to say sexual with her. We know that he went there for sex. Mm -hmm. But even the conversations were a lot like this, where he was constantly like talking about how sexual he was. Um, And before he went home, this wasn't like a months long trip. Okay, it was not a huge trip. He proposed to her. But she felt that something was off and said she needed some time to think. Yeah, like a proposal. <laughs> so, all right, back back to Lori and our custody situation we've got going on. So the tasing incident happened uh, August two thousand seven, February two thousand eight. Um, Joe picked up Tylee and a supervisor for a a home visit. So you know because of the allegations and everything, they he had, still was having supervised visits with Tylee. When he got there on his way to his home after he got there and picked up Tylee and the supervisor he was on his way home with her with them he was being followed by two pickup trucks uh oh he called 911 and they instructed him to go to a public place where the cops would meet him he went the trucks parked nearby the cops came and noted down the plates and told Joe Ryan to head home and lock the doors when he got there um and when it was time to head back they met him at his house and escorted him back to the drop-off location and the trucks were parked a few houses away from his the whole time that the visit was going on and then followed him him and his police escort back to the drop-off location um 10 days later the supervisor who was there wrote a report and she was or they i don't know if it was a man or a woman was very concerned about tylee because she had no emotional reaction at all to this when it was going on now she's still little but joe ryan was very upset and worked up while the whole thing was going on, and then the cops were involved and everything, and Tylee had zero reaction, and the supervisor said that she, at this stage in her life, had already learned to repress all of her anxiety. It was just concerned about her her mental and emotional well-being. Yeah. Um, at five years old, which... Yes. Um, Tylee is regularly seeing therapists, and they suspect that she is being coached about what to say. Which we saw that already. Yeah. Joe Ryan started getting overnight visits starting in August 2008. Supervised overnight visits, but overnight visits. The first visit, Tylee came, she had a camera, and she took pictures all over the house. And when they asked her, why are you doing that? She said she was six. Okay. They asked her why she was doing that. She said that her mom told her to. Um, And then this was bizarre. The supervisor noted that this was bizarre. Her overnight bag had um, two toy guns. A blanket, a blanket and a diaper. And a diaper. That was her overnight bag. 
The supervisor noted, noted. No. It's not what I would pack. Yes. The supervisor noted she was not in diapers anymore. So the diaper was bizarre. And she's six. Yeah. And was missing, like, things she would need. Like pajamas, toothbrush, yeah. hairbrush. Just one bizarre thing in a string of bizarre that we're going to learn about. Felt random, but also I feel like everything with Lori is a little bit crazy. So in... I feel like it's significant. Yeah. Yeah. So those overnight visits started in August. In September 2008, Lori and her new husband, don't forget about Charles, moved to Chandler, Arizona. Um, which is closer to Alex, her brother Alex. This is a 2,000-mile round trip for Joe Ryan to see Tyler. Are they allowed to do that? No. Yeah. No, they're not. Um, also, Charles Charles is away three days a week for work while we're there. I don't remember if that's important, but I wrote it down, so I'm telling you. Um, it's a 2,000-mile round trip for Joe. Um, also, he they have additional concerns because Tylee had a pancreatic condition and had been hospitalized twice for it. So, you know, you wouldn't want to be that far from your kid anyway, but he had additional concerns because she had medical issues. His attorney filed motions to force the Vallows to move back. It just, like, never really went anywhere, and I, I cannot figure out why. Um, Tylee started at a charter school, and she became close with a girl named, I'm going to say Vasia, Vasia. I'm not sure. I'll do my What best. is with these weird names? I don't know. Um, but that girl's mom said, Lori was the mom I wanted to be. Remember, very charismatic, makes friends easily. Um, pretty. Yes, very pretty. And kind of seemed to be picture-perfect mom at the time. She probably looked like she had it all together. Yes. Tylee said to her new friend that her life was better since she moved to Arizona. She liked it better being in Arizona than in Texas. Um, oh, so they, like, they full-on moved states. Yeah, yeah, yeah they were in Texas were before. Sure. They're in Arizona so you now. you don't remember that part? Yeah. Um, when Vasia would come over to hang out, Lori would often talk with her about Mormonism. Now, this wasn't super weird, because Vasia's family was Mormon. Um, like, lightly Mormon, I guess. So, it, it wasn't, like, they're, unusual. They're, they're a mild Mormon, whereas yeah. Lori was I'm more, yeah. Uh, they're decaf. Yeah. yeah. So diet, no sugar, more like diet. I like that. It wasn't weird or red flaggy that she was talking to her about her religion or whatever. Um, she just kind of noted that Lori would talk to her often about it. Um, Lori continues to deny Joe Ryan time with Tylee. She was found guilty of civil contempt seven times over like two years of custody stuff. Eventually, he actually relocated to Phoenix, Arizona to be closer to Tylee. This um, cost him a 40% reduction in salary to be able to move closer to her. Uh, we have an email from him from 2011 from him to Lori ask, basically asking her to set aside their issues and to think of what's best for Tylee. Um, saying kind of we both want what's best for her so can we just focus on that? Mm -hmm. Never really seemed to go anywhere. I was going to say how did that work out? Didn't. So, <laughs> so side, side note, note. But, but this is going to be an important character later. May 2012, so moving a couple of years later, Charles... Charles? <laughs> that's Charles. He His great nephew was born. Okay, so his nephew had a baby boy. Um, the baby's name was Kanan. He was 10 weeks premature and was born with drugs in his system. And he, his grandparents took him in. So Charles's sister and her husband took in their grandson. They renamed him Joshua Jackson. He went by JJ. 
Um, so they were taking care of him. They were planning on raising him, but they were struggling because of their age um, and because of finances. So a few months after they took him in, Lori and Charles offered to adopt him. And they felt, this is best for everybody. We can't handle it. Um, they're doing very well. And they're willing. They would like, you know, another baby that's their baby. So they adopted JJ, changed his name to JJ Vallow. Um, as he got older, he was diagnosed with autism. Tylee was very close with him, was very protective of him, and by all accounts, people described Lori as a very devoted mother. He needed a lot of support for his autism, and she was very devoted, kind of did whatever needed to be done to get him the support he needed, to advocate for him, to take care of him. So again, from the outside, had a perfect mom. Mom's great mom. Going on, yeah. When Tylee was around 12, according to her friend Vasia, she started fighting a lot with Charles, but this could also be just kind of normal. You know, you're hitting your preteen years, fighting with her stepdad. Um, in 2014, Colby, her older son Colby, graduated high school. Lori and Charles decided that they wanted to move to Hawaii. Oh my um, god. This Can would... they stop moving? Like, what the fuck? So, after, you know, Colby would be graduated. JJ's adoption is going to be finalized. They said, let's move to Hawaii. Remember, her parents used to bail all the time to go to Hawaii when they were kids. And would sometimes take the kids, too. So Lori had been to Hawaii growing up. Still, though, yeah. Joe. Joe, Joe found, found out about this, this not, not from, from them. them. They didn't tell Joe. Yeah. He found out about it from, like, a friend of Tylee's when they were hanging out or something. I would be surprised if they told him. Yeah. He emailed Lori saying that he would fight this. You cannot take her this far away from me. Um, Lori, Lori's lawyer contacted Joe Ryan's lawyer and said, listen, Charles accepted a new job in Hawaii and they're moving. Um... They moved, they moved in August. August. They can't do that. They, they I, There was, like, nobody was stopping her. It, you're going to get more frustrated with her as we go. And I think that part of it maybe is because of the allegations that people were just, like, people were, like, it was probably true. Too bad you fucked up. We're not going to help you. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, her parents... Instead, instead of seeing, like, a devoted father following his daughter around, they probably yeah. just call Predator. Yes. That's that's what I think happened. So they moved in August 2014. Her parents also moved nearby, so her parents moved to Hawaii. At this point, Joe Ryan gave up completely. Um, his drinking got worse. He got three DUIs. He actually stayed with his attorney for several months when he lost his home. Uh, things just went really downhill for him. Um, in Hawaii, Lori became very active in her church, got friendly with a woman named April Raymond who said that Lori and Charles had the perfect marriage to her. Lori was placed in charge of a children's program in their church. And April said at this point, uh, Lori's beliefs seemed to be pretty mainstream, although she was really obsessed with near-death experiences. And she didn't consider Charles her spiritual equal because he had converted to Mormonism. He wasn't raised Mormon. So this is when we see maybe the first kind of cracks there. Charles would pay to fly Vasia out to visit her friend from Arizona, which I think that this girl was very lucky to have a friend who moved to Hawaii, but then her parents would just, like, fly you out. So they would fly her out to visit. She would hang out all the time. Lori would recommend to her books that were written by Mormons and podcasts that were run by Mormons, specifically um, Chad Daybell, who was a writer and podcaster from Idaho, and a woman named Julie Rowe, who wrote about near-death experiences, which Lori's all excited about. 2015, Alex came to Hawaii to visit. 
he made April Raymond very uncomfortable. He seemed to her to be obsessed with Lori. Apparently she and Lori actually look kind of similar, and he would constantly compare them and, like, their body and their hair and their looks and, like, I wonder if you're, like, in other ways and weird stuff like that. Yes, she was uncomfortable. Um, Colby headed back to Arizona to go to college. Tylee starts eighth grade. 2016, Charles's sister and her husband, Larry and Kay Woodcock, they're JJ's grandparents, they flew out for JJ's fourth birthday, and they were very happy with how he was being raised. Lori's very devoted. He's getting the his needs met. Um, they felt they made the right choice with letting them adopt JJ. I just thought that this was funny. Um, we have quotes from Tylee's Instagram because it's, you know, whatever year it is. And one of her posts said, in this world, you either crank that soldier boy or it cranks you. And I enjoyed that, so I wrote it down to share with you. That's n- truer words have never been yeah. spoken. Mother's Day 2017, she posted positively about her mom and how her mom is taking care of her and how she loves her. Um, side note, always fun. June 2016, the IRS placed a levy on Janice Cox's secu- social security income. And in January 2017, she and Barry fought an 80-page complaint against the IRS. So in the background of the whole story, there's always this They're IRS still fighting with the IRS. With Barry and Janice. Um, in May 2017, their complaint was dismissed. Soon after this, they suddenly moved back to the mainland. All of them. Lori and her family and her parents. Abruptly. April says that on a Monday, Lori said this will be our last week on Hawaii. They moved back to Chandler, Arizona, which was where they previously were. Did they, did Joe know? Uh, I don't want to get better. Oh, I love, I love that for you. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just put that away. Back in Arizona, Lori starts religiously distancing herself from her husband. She has started now to worry about, not worry about, that's not right. She's becoming interested in the end times and Good how day. to prepare for the end times. Yes. Um, she has read all of Chad Daybell's books. He was that Mormon author. Mm-hmm. and a Mormon podcaster. She's read all of his books. That you mentioned, like, two seconds ago. Yes. Just as a reminder. Mm-hmm. She's researching now how to prepare for end times. She believes in what's called multiple probations, which is, like, a no-no to the Mormons. Um, this is the idea that you reincarnate continually until you achieve perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so if you've had multiple probations, you've just been reincarnated several times. It sounds exhausting. she's going to temple for hours every day and she believed that god had chosen her to survive the end times well so she needed to you know learn how uh they were having struggles with jj because he was severely autistic and he would escape the house at night um which is something that you know you don't want to So Charles had to install alarms and deadbolts on all of the doors to keep him from escaping. Um, And they decided to get him a service dog to help. I don't love that you call it escaping. I mean, he's... Getting out? Yeah, but not get out and hang out in the yard. Like, just take it off. That sounds the news will be like, kids missing, 10 years old, with autism. And you're like, oh, no. This was... Yeah. Because you're worried about them. This was JJ. My first thought isn't, oh, he escaped. My first thought is, oh... He's run off. 
Okay. JJ kept running off at night. There you go. So they installed alarms and deadbolts on all the doors to keep him inside at night. And they decided to get him a service dog. Um, they got him a black golden doodle named Bailey. Hey. There's a Janice, an Adam, a Colby, and a Bailey. Yeah. Is there a Mike? Well, I don't there remember. A... Obviously, there's a lot to do yet. Where's the um, Drew? This required eight months of in-home training. And the dog actually helped JJ sleep through the night. So he wasn't trying to get out every night anymore. What was JJ's birth name? Um, the name he was born with was Kanan. Kanan, not mm-hmm. Kaden. No, no, Kanan. Um, and then they changed it to Joshua Jackson. Um, the trainer who did all this in-home training with the dog, Neil Mestis, Mes- Neil, he was very impressed with the family. He said they were a very close, tight-knit family, and Lori was very attentive to her kids' needs. Um, Colby met a girlfriend in college named Kelsey. Lori began acting jealously. Oh, she did not like him spending all this time with Kelsey. She did not like that Kelsey wasn't a Mormon. That's not abnormal for yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, however, they did go ahead and get married in January 2018, and they actually yeah. got married in Lori and Charles's backyard. Did they stick with the family tradition of nobody else coming? No, family was there for this one. Whoa. Um, Tylee, this is her brother getting married. She was late to the wedding. How old is she? She, hold on, hold on. I've got this. Tyler was born in 2002. They got married in 18. 16. Mm, um, 16 year olds are always late. She yeah. have another wedding, wedding to go to or something? House. She was oh, late. Was her, it was at their house. They got married at Charles and, and Lori's house. She was late and was supposed to be like in the wedding party and missed the ceremony, missed pictures. And Colby was upset about that. She had to watch a movie. She had to catch a movie with her friends first. Yeah, sure. God. March 2018, Charles, his mother, died. Her name was Tilda. Everybody called her Miss Tilly, which I like that a lot. Um, She lived in Louisiana. The whole family went to Louisiana for the funeral, but Lori was too busy to go to her mother-in-law's funeral with her husband. Her family doesn't believe in large family gatherings. That is true. So, I mean, they don't believe in happy ones. You'd think maybe the sad ones would be. Mm Mm-hmm. I, was, um, I know that you think that they specified as far as like happy. It's just any, any large gathering. gathering. Because here's the thing: if Doomsday broke out while they were all there, they're all wiped out. Yeah, you got to family scattered. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Increase your chances of survival. Yes, yes. that's why so, we keep Drew two hours away. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I shouldn't have come. And well, <laughs> you don't all visit at the same time. Yeah, we spread it out. So the podcast survives. So when Lori didn't come to the funeral, Larry and Kay, JJ's um, bio grandparents, they knew that something was wrong um, because this was unusual for Lori and Charles not to be together and for Lori to not be supportive. Mm -hmm. Um, They thought that Charles was blinded by love and just was not seeing that something was wrong here. April of 2018, Joe Ryan's body was found in his apartment. Oh. Yes. He had been dead for three weeks. Oh. Yeah, doesn't make you so sad. That makes me so sad. And also, I know you're making the face. Yeah, it was gross. Uh-huh. Um, a neighbor noticed a smell in I was going to say, I bet a smell, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a funeral home posted an ad looking for info about his family, and nobody claimed his body. So he was cremated without a funeral. Um, ten days later, they discovered... That Lori was listed as next of kin, and the police informed Lori that Joe had died. And what did she say? Well, well 
she good highly to his apartment to go through his stuff right um got rid of everything except his photo albums she told Kay, Charles's sister. I don't know if you guys are keeping track of the names, so I keep like explaining who everybody is. Yeah, that's if helpful. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's Kay a lot of names. Sister. Yeah. She's JJ Bio Grandma. Yes. JJ previously Kanan. Yeah, that doesn't matter. He's JJ. Okay. For our purposes. Um she told Lori told Kay. Lori has Alex Adam, another sister, and mm. Stacy Summer. Stacy died. There's another sister that died when she was a baby. Okay, and then she's got three kids: Colby, Colby, Tylee, and JJ. Yeah, yeah. Although JJ's adopted. Yes. Um. So Lori told Kay that God had taken Joe Ryan because he was too evil to be on this earth. In quotes, he was evil and he needed to die. And she told Kay that she was happy to be receiving that life insurance. Oh, sure. Because remember, Tylee was a beneficiary. Um. But what's her face? Lori was, like, beneficiary as her trustee until she's 18. Cause of death uh, was a heart attack. After all of this came about, with what happens by the end of this story, they actually looked back and they said it was a heart attack. Because at this point, anybody connected to Lori who dies, people were like, let's look back into that. Yeah. Um, He died of a heart attack. That makes sense. I would do that too. Yeah. Um, remember he was, he started having heart issues after he was tased by Alex Cox and then began drinking and then drinking heavily after they moved to Hawaii. So, yeah, I feel like the doctor probably was like, don't drink heavily. And he was like, okay. Yeah. His sister, Annie, the one who had come out to visit them a couple times, she heard from somebody else. Lori didn't tell her. She took her a couple tries to get in contact with Lori and then flew to Arizona to meet up with Lori. Uh, Lori said to this woman about her dead brother, the world is a better place without him. She went into such graphic detail about the state of his decomposition that Annie had to ask her to stop. And Annie said that during this trip, Lori kept talking about the end times and at one point said it might be better to just put her kids in a car and drive them off a cliff. But backtracked when she saw Annie's face and just, oh, I I wouldn't really do that. There was, that's like an ongoing joke on American Dad where he's like, he says something and he's like, I can tell by your expression that I'm kidding. (laughs) Side note, are you listening to a lullaby right now? It's the baby monitor. Okay, because I I can hear it, so it's probably getting picked up. The volume was low and then it picked up. It's going to add some, like, eeriness to the background of our story, so... (laughs) Um, so Lori, at this point, fully obsessed with the end times, devouring books by Julie Rowe, who is that Mormon author who writes about the end times. She wanted to prepare. She wanted to be ready. Charles didn't notice because he was working so much that he was actually away several days out of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, July 4th, 2018, Lori flew to Hawaii with Tylee to visit her friend April Raymond. Um, it had been over a year since she was there, and April noticed a dramatic difference in Lori's, um, religious speakings she told april that she had seen jesus christ and the angel morani i don't know if i'm saying that name right but so the angel morani is in mormonism the angel who visited joseph smith and got the whole ball rolling so that's a big guy um april stopped her and said that she was uncomfortable because a lot of what she was saying was almost like blasphemy Mm. for mormonism and you know you can't be saying that you saw Jesus and this angel. Um, 
And uh, April also said that Lori was a Chad Daybell super fan, constantly talked about his readings in his podcast. October 2018, Lori went to a church class in Mesa run by a woman named Melanie Gibb that was about preparing for the end times. So she becomes friends with this Melanie. They talked a lot about the second coming and, you know, what to expect. She learned that Melanie knew Chad Daybell because his company was about to publish her book. She looked at this as divine intervention. She saw Melanie as her way to Chad. She started inviting Melanie over to her house to get closer to her. Melanie noticed tension between Lori and Charles when she was over. On October 19th, Melanie invited Lori to a meeting. <laughs> They're called PAP meetings. It stands for preparing a people, but I think of PAP smear every time yeah. I look at it on the page. Preparing a people. It's this whole organization just planning for the end times. Their quote, their like um, mission statement is helping to prepare the people of this earth for the second coming of Jesus Christ. They formed in 2017. They had conferences. They had podcasts. So yeah. she was having a meeting at her own home, Melanie was, and she invited Lori and asked Lori to tell the group about herself. Lori spoke for a half hour. You know when you get up, like when you're in class and they're like, oh, tell us two things about yourself. Imagine talking about yourself for a half hour at that point. So. She told everybody she had been chosen. Imagine sitting there listening to it. And No, they were all in, according to Melanie. They were like enraptured by her. She was such a good speaker and she was so Charming. compelling. Yes. She told them that she had been chosen by God for an important mission. He gave her a pre-mortal memory of herself as one of his strongest warriors fighting in this and other worlds. Sure. She told them she no longer needed to sleep. At night, angels would that's... come and instruct her on God's work. You know, we no, started that's... off as a little religious, and now we're like, I don't sleep anymore. She's that's, basic that's, drunk. that's incorrect. You you need sleep. She doesn't. I mean, this all happened over... We're in the 2018 now. Anyway, she talked about what Joe Ryan did, allegedly did. She said that he had raped her children, and she felt guilty for putting them in that position, so that she had wanted to kill them him for it um, and had looked for ways to do it that would be acceptable to the Mormon church and she says the book of Mormon states that you can kill somebody if they come after you three times so she was just waiting but he ended up dying on his own before she needed to kill him oh, what sort of loophole is that in, the, in their bible <laughs> if they piss you off leave them alone but like three times if they do it three times it's over so while she was still hoping for the opportunity to kill Joe she had a vision. She was either going to murder Joe Ryan and deal with the consequences of that or devote her life to the temple. Mm, one or the other. So she tough, went to tough the choice. And now this part is a little bit confusing to me. And I was trying to do some research into Mormonism. There's a lot. She was given what's called a temple recommend, which is an ID card that lets you enter a temple for two years. Like there's... You can't just go into... Is it like a library temple? pass? Kind of, but more strict. Anyway, she got one. And she went in the temple ceiling room. Don't ask me what that means. Except you can get married in there. Um, she had an epiphany while she was in there one day. Mm. She went beyond of course the veil. she did. And she Ooh. saw her dead relatives. Mm. Oh, boy. And she told the women at this meeting that she's talking at, this mm -hmm, preparing mm -hmm. people... Quote, we do not have to worry about the souls of our children. They're only loaned to us. Um, 
Okay. When she was done, everybody applauded. I wrote on my page, everybody freaking applauded. Because <laughs> they were so impressed Move. by her. Hmm. Yes. Next week, she and Melanie drove to St. George, Utah to attend a Preparing a People conference where Chad Daybell would be the guest speaker. <gasps> that is where I'm going to leave you guys with part one. And next week, I'm going to tell you all about Chad Daybell. Okay. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling that they were going to meet and things weren't going to go well. Yeah. yeah. But I guess I'll have to wait. You're gonna have I, to don't, wait. I don't think it's going to go well, but like in the future, I, I, I feel, feel like it's like two not. toxic people coming together, probably. I mean, you don't know about Chad yet. You don't know if he's toxic. I don't know. I feel You'll like they both have wild ideas and they're going to come Make together to form a tornado of insanity. Mm, also, of insanity. side like note. Yeah. Remember that for next week. Side note, Chad is a fuckboy name, so I don't really, like, trust that name in general. So you're so. already anti-Chad. Yeah. She's you're gonna be anti-Chad anti-Chad. everywhere. Huh? What was that? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> How do you feel about Chadwick? Who? Chadwick. Just the name? Chadwick? Yeah. It feels extra. Like, why are you at yeah. But he hmm. died. Yeah, Chadwick Boseman. That's one Chadwick, Lacey. Relax. <laughs> hmm. All right, yeah, but he was so <laughs> we'll pick back up with part two next yep. week. Tell you guys all about Chad. Alrighty. Well, that was sinister, I guess. Not much happened in that first no, part. No, it wasn't. Just laying the groundwork. There was some She's, teasing and some we're, alleged yeah. abuse. But some just fanatical laying, ideas. Laying some groundwork here. Mm-hmm. That, that was kind of sinister. We were, a little we were very sarcastic. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I and we hope you keep listening. <laughs> a mess. Alrighty. 